With Halloween just around the corner, my family has plenty of tricks and treats planned. But thanks to Pampers, one thing I have never been afraid of is a leaky diaper. Fear no leaks with new and improved Pampers Swaddlers, now featuring a blowout barrier at the back waist that helps prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. We've always looked forward to getting the girls dressed up for Halloween when they were babies. And with Pampers, we knew that in addition to being absolutely adorable in their costumes, they would be dry, clean, and comfortable. With Swaddlers, you can rest assured that you have superior leak protection while keeping baby skin healthy. Pampers Breathe-Free Liner wicks away wetness, allowing baby skin to breathe, while the lock-away channels help keep baby skin dry and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Pampers Swaddlers are available in sizes newborn to size 8 and now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. A little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you. Justina Machado had been a working actress for 26 years, with big roles on Six Feet Under, ER, and Queen of the South, when she came to terms with the fact that she might never jump to the next level. And then, of course, she did earning the lead role in the reboot of One Day at a Time. We talk about the decision Justina made that led to that inflection point and her new role as the title character on The Horror of Dolores Roach, a comedy horror series about a woman returning from prison, trying to build a new life, only to end up with blood on her hands. Justina shares the well of pain that allows her to act from her gut and the undeniable fortitude that has made her a star. Justina, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. It seems to me in the retelling of your story that you moved to L.A. without a really clear plan of what it is you're going to do in L.A. Tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me. I moved to New York first. And what was it you thought New York was going to offer you? I wanted to be a star. I wanted to be a Broadway star. (laughs) I was single-minded when I was young. I just wanted to be a star. And did New York pan out for you? It did. But then I got a job in LA. I got a pilot in Los Angeles. And then I never went back to New York City. I just kept working in LA. What was that pilot? It was called Second Noah. And I was actually fired from the series. When it went to series, I got fired. And it was my first big job and my first huge disappointment. But because I came from such a tough kind of background, you just keep going. You know, that's that's what I'm grateful for is the background that I have kind of has helped me a lot in Hollywood because it's not easy. You have what is 
in some ways a pretty unusual experience in Hollywood, which is that you have been, you're a working actor for a very long period of time, for about 26 years, which like one, just that survival is incredible. And then to also have been a working actress for 26 years before you finally get the opportunity to play the lead in a television show. What was fundamentally different when you got one day at a time about being the first person on the call sheet? Well, before I got one day at a time, the show that I was on was Queen of the South. And I remember that I said to myself, I don't think it's ever going to happen. I don't think I'm ever going to be the star of a show. I have to make peace with that. And I have to just do the best job. Just be grateful and do the best job. And then one day at a time came along. Did you say to yourself, this is not going to happen for me because about things you thought were true about you intrinsically or about the system that you were operating in? Both. Both because of things I thought about myself. I started to think that I've aged out. What is there out there? And also, you know, I never considered myself an unattractive girl. I always thought I was a pretty girl. Hollywood does a number on you. You know what I mean? (laughs) All of a sudden you're like, oh, wait a second, what? Uh, You know, what they find attractive. I know I don't fall under that. The Eva Longoria's, the Rosalind Sanchez's, both dear friends of mine that are gorgeous women. I don't fall under that category to Hollywood. So those things were in my mind, you know, because I've been in this business for a long time and it's changed only because you can't say a lot of the stuff that used to be said, but the thinking is still there. They just can't say it out loud anymore. So those things, the system, and because I felt like, yeah, I'd aged out. What else could I possibly do? What I can do is be a really great actress because that's what I know I can do. I was like, let me just go there. Let's just be grateful for that. Let's. You're always going to be a working actress. I had to reconcile and say, maybe I won't get that starring role. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> I'm a working actor and I'm putting my art into the world and I'm just going to do the best job I can possibly do. That was it. It took many, many years to get to that point. And I was already in my mid forties when I got to that decision. So it took a long time for me to reconcile. And once I did, one day at a time came along, which is, isn't that the story we always hear? Once you let it go, something comes along. I'm just stubborn. It took me a whole long time to figure that out. Did you and Gloria Calderon Kellett have a relationship prior to one day at a time? No. Everybody thinks we knew each other and we had this great relationship. I think like we were waiting for each other because really it was a come up for the both of us, a come up for her and a come up for me one day at a time. And I'm glad to hear that that is what it was because that is what I think it looks like to the rest of us in the sense that since that time you have developed what seems to be a pretty symbiotic relationship. And those relationships are so rare and so special. And to see that type of creative relationship between two Latinas, I struggle to think of many other examples where that is true. I agree. I remember the first read through of One Day at a Time and everybody was so on point. Even Rita Moreno, because every single one of us knew how incredibly special the show was and how these kind of opportunities don't come around for people like us, unfortunately, enough. So from the beginning, we were set up for success. 
When my babies were going through their exploration stage, I had so much to worry about. Falling over, bumping heads, what did she just put in her mouth? The list was endless. But when they were in pamper swaddlers, I knew I never had to worry about a leaky diaper. Swaddlers are great for both baby and mommy. They keep your baby's skin healthy and dry with Pampers Breathe-Free Liner, which wicks away wetness, allowing your baby's skin to breathe. Swaddlers have always given me peace of mind knowing that diaper rash and leaky diapers were not in our future. There's also the blow-up barrier at the back waist to help prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blow-ups. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic and free of parabens and latex. Your baby deserves that. And they're available in a wide range of sizes from newborn to size eight, and now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. Having a diaper you can depend on is important, and it's why I have always loved Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today to start earning rewards with every diapers and wipes purchase. Not to mention, get great parenting content with Pampers Club. Hi, Latina to Latina listeners. It's Brenda from Tamarindo Podcast. And if you love Latina to Latina, then we know that you're going to love Tamarindo Podcast. And if you're in the L.A. area and can't make it to the Latina to Latina live event, we'd like to invite you to our event on March 28th. At 6.30 p.m., we're hosting Amigas Blossoming, a night of celebrating and cultivating blossoming friendships. This will be in Highland Park, and all the details to RSVP for free are at tamarindopodcast.com forward slash events. Hey, Red, what are you up to? Just making sure all the M&M's gifts are wrapped and the ball is filled. Remember that one holiday party when we had no M&M's? Oh boy, I still have nightmares. The cookies? Yeah, you used all the M&M's candies that were meant to decorate the party treats to decorate snowmen. You did it again, didn't you? <laughs> they do look cute, though. Bringing cheer, M&M's for all fun kind. I am most familiar as a viewer with your work in One Day at a Time, which means that I think of you as a very happy, chipper, cheerful, comedic actress. Yeah. And so it is wild to see you in the horror of Dolores Roach because, yeah, there actually is a lot of humor, but it is dark. I mean, this is fundamentally different than the most recent thing that you have done. What is the life experience? What is the darkness that you are tapping into as you tell a story of a woman who has been incarcerated on drug charges and trying to resume her life outside? Well, I grew up with a lot of people that had drug problems and that were incarcerated. So I know that experience. I had a few cousins that were very close that all died of heroin overdoses. And I think Dolores is a survivor. That's what I've been in most of my life in survival mode. I can tap into that and the loneliness that she has because sometimes growing up in an environment where you're like, what? I mean, from a little girl, I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I was like, really? I was like, what world am I in when I, even from a little girl? So that kind of, feeling lonely and also never really feeling a part of anything. I think you hear this a lot from people that are artists and actors, how you kind of always felt a little different. I'm first generation. My family's from the mountains of Puerto Rico. 
there wasn't a lot of education in my family. They were incredible people, but just not very educated. And they were making their way. And I just happened to be a part of that making their way. So I think all of that is easy for me to tap into because it's my early life. Until I found like the theater and a community, it was pretty much my early life. Among the people who struggled with addiction was your own dad. What does that look like and how does it then change your relationship to independence, to being alone, to having men in your life when your biological dad is not a part of the story? I never had a father, so I don't know what that's like. Do you know what I mean? I had a stepfather, but I never called anybody dad. And I think that does bleed into your personal life when you get older. I was so angry at him for so long. And I think that I just got over the anger because everybody was like, oh, you have to forgive. You have to forgive. And I get it, but I wasn't ready to. And I think I had a breakthrough like a few months ago. Really, that's how recent it was that I totally uh, forgave him. It's a process, you know, it's a process to not be angry, to not feel resentful, So that's probably why I could tap into Dolores Roach. You know what I mean? I can tap into the happiness because I I think inherently I am a happy person, but also I understand that part. I mean, Rita Moreno used to always say, we're so much alike, uh, she'd tell me. You and I have such a well of hurt right here. And I think that's where Rita and I really connected because, you know, she didn't have an, an easy situation growing up either. What I want to make sure to underscore is like, I interview successful Latinas. That's what this whole thing is about. Ambitious, successful Latinas. And lots of people have struggle. Yeah. But that level of struggle, right? Growing up in a place where there's not a ton of opportunity, even with inside that context, feeling as though there's instability because you're always moving around and there's not something that is set. And then in spite of all of that, still being willing to just take a series of risks over and over and over again in the pursuit of what you want. The fact that you were able to do it, I think is a reminder to a girl who is listening now, who thinks maybe this isn't for me because I don't come from a place where this happens for people. And I don't come from a family where this happens for people is the magic in people sharing their stories. That's why I do it because it's like, you don't really want to let people in to those things. But I do say it because the times I have gone to schools to speak to kids in inner cities, they don't think anything can happen for them. The only thing I would say to somebody who comes from the same kind of background that I come from and who wants more and wants to achieve more is to honestly, seriously get into therapy immediately. Because I think that that was something that I should have done when I was in my 20s. But, you know, I'm also Latina. And you know what that's like in our community. They don't believe in it at all. The old generation, the newer generation does. When I prepare for these interviews, I do a deep dive and I go look at, I was watching videos of you on Dancing with the Stars. Like I, it's bananas land because I'm trying to piece together and riddle out who you are and how you became who you are. And there's a story that you tell about your quinceanera. Yeah, that to me kind of like crystallized. I was like, oh, it was like, not a, just as this girl a survivor. That's a story I've heard before, but this is a girl who's like a producer <laughs> in the context 
of being a survivor, right? Like you wanted a quinceanera, you did not have the resources to have a quinceanera, and you marshaled everyone. I did. To your service. I did. I, uh, my mother, of course, said no. I mean, we didn't have the money for it. And I was like, I'm having a quinceanera. I called every family member and friends of the family. I mean, really, it's kind of like a sinvergüenza now that I think about it. And I asked them, would you buy the cake? Would you buy this? Would you be the madrina of this? Would you, you be the padrino of this? And then my cousin, Ralphie, made my dress. And I produced the whole thing. And my cousin Willie paid for the hall, which by the way, the hall was like underneath a motel where all the hookers were going up. So we saw hookers up and down the stairs. <laughs> it was so ghetto, but it didn't matter. I got my moment, but yeah, I did it all. I was like, I didn't want to listen to her. I was like, I don't care what you guys say. I want a quinceanera. I always loved that kind of stuff. So there you go. I didn't know what the word was, but I loved the theatrics of it. And I remember when we went in, the priest was like, so what do you think a quinceanera is about? And I said, a party with a lot of gifts. And he was like, no. Nah. <laughs> I was like, what? father. I, I was like, oh, I, I, I swear to God, the priest was looking at me like, and I'm thinking priest, what is a quinceanera anyway? Like, what was he going to tell me? I mean, really a quinceanera is so crazy. I love this story though, because to me it captured, I know, sinvergüenza, sí, but like <laughs> also like you were just like undeniable, right? Like, and there is an element of like, you do just have to keep showing up over and over again, like for yourself, for your craft, for stupid self-tape auditions, like you just, yeah. but that energy, like once you lose that energy, the whole thing's gone. Like no one comes to people who want careers like you want and say, here it is, here you go. No, it doesn't happen. You have to keep going. You have to keep searching. Yes. You have to just keep moving forward because truly Everything is possible. And that is real, real. I'm it really, I mean, there's no reason from where I come from that this is happening to me, except for the fact that I believed in myself and I had angels around me. Because once you start believing in yourself and you ask whatever you believe in, you know, God, the universe, whatever, or just in yourself, those things start to come to you you know, but you just really have to believe in yourself. It doesn't matter what anybody says, because everyone's going to be in your head and everyone's going to say something to you. They're going to say, you're never going to make it. There's too many actors. There's too many this. It's not going to happen for you. You just cannot listen to all the noise. And of course, sometimes we do listen to it and we get caught up in it, but also there was nothing else I could do. And I really, really mean that. So either I was going to do this or I don't know what I was going to do. Like there was nothing else I could do in my mind. Hi, Latina to Latina listeners. It's Brenda from Tamarindo Podcast. And if you love Latina to Latina, then we know that you're going to love Tamarindo Podcast. And if you're in the LA area and can't make it to the Latina to Latina live event, we'd like to invite you to our event on March 28th. At 6.30 p.m., we're hosting Amigas Blossoming, a night of celebrating and cultivating blossoming friendships. This will be in Highland Park, and all the details to RSVP for free are at tamarindopodcast.com forward slash events. In my full-on stalking of Justina Machado, I texted Gloria last night to be like, what, what do people like not understand about Justina and how special she is? And she's like, I'll, I'll show you the thread that she sent. But the thing that jumped out at me was just 
one, that you are versatile, mm -hmm. and two, that you act from your gut. And I wonder if there has ever been a time where your gut has failed you or where you've not been able to tap into that. Like, I know exactly who I'm supposed to be and where I'm supposed to be in this moment, in this scene. And for work or in life? For both. It's never failed me in work, but in life it has. Do you know what I mean? In life, I second guess everything. In work, I don't second guess anything. And I think that's what's so freeing about when I work because I just go for it. In real life, I'm embarrassed about everything. In work, I'm not embarrassed about anything. I swear to God, in real life, I'm watching a show and I'll be like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed and I got to walk out of the room. And I know that it's a television show. I know it's a movie, but I can't handle embarrassment in real life. But as far as working, I'll make a fool out of myself. I'll go for it. I'll do whatever. So it's very bizarre. I don't know why I, I lead two different lives, but I do. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Justina, what did I miss about you, about this project, about what it is you want to do next? I just want to say, I think this project is so interesting and important because, first of all, our people love the whole horror genre. And the fact that we have comedy and horror, and also the fact that Dolores Roach is not a Latina story, a Latino story, it's just a story that happens to have two Latino leads and Dolores Roach happens to be Latina. And I think that it enhances the story. And I love that it's not being marketed that way. The Latina Sweeney Todd or this or that, because, you know, that just puts us in boxes and all of a sudden people are like, well, I can't relate to that. I don't know what that is. So I think it's the first time I've ever done anything where my ethnicity has nothing to do with it. It just happens to be. So that's really exciting. And also that you never Ever get to see a woman, no matter what race, color, nationality, ethnicity, play a part like this. Usually it goes to a white man. For so many reasons, I think it's a really special show. And I love that people get to see a different side of me. How fun, how incredibly fun. I've had such a, a wild life that how fun that I get to bring that wildness to the screen. I love it. Justina, thank you so much for doing this. You're welcome. Thank you, Alicia. Thanks for listening. Latina to Latina is executive produced and owned by Juleka Lantigua and me, Alicia Menendez. Paulina Velasco is our producer. Cochin Tashiro is our lead producer. Trent Lightburn mixed this episode. We love hearing from you. Email us at hola at latinatolatina.com. Slide into our DMs on Instagram or tweet us at Latina to Latina. Check out our merchandise at latinatolatina.com slash shop. And remember to subscribe or follow us on Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, wherever you're listening right now. Every time you share the podcast, every time you leave a review, you help us to grow as a community. A little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you.